Welcome to David's Selected screen recording. Welcome to David Speaks. So, some, as you can hear, probably, there's a lot of thunder in the area that I'm in right now, uh, which definitely makes for an interesting night so far. <laughs> uh, so, I've been doing well so far. Um, this episode's not going to be really important for the most part. It's mostly going to be just, uh, there's going to be a couple of insights in this episode. There's going to be some things. I might make an episode about what, um, the different types of power that exist. Um, I might make an episode about how to find and, um, flush out your vision more clearly because I started writing a little bit about that in my in notes um, but I you know I haven't really done much with it since then but uh, something I'm going to do more of and I'm going to be making an episode about that eventually because you know that is one of the things I think it's really important for people to have a vision about their lives, about what they want to achieve. Um, it may not necessarily be in the usual t- terms of success that we p- think of, you know, material wealth and you know, all these things that people try and achieve, but it, but you, well, you can also have a vision that's, you know, possibly a lot loftier than this. So I'm going to make an episode about that eventually. Um, this episode is going to be a bit rambly. There's going to be a bunch of stuff in here. Um, I don't know exactly what I'm going to make it about, but uh, um, I might start doing these episodes every like week. I might call it like a spiritual weekly or something. Because, you know, I do find a lot of insights. And I'm, um, one of the things I have actually, that's actually changed actually in the past week or so, is that I've actually become more political again. Um, there's many reasons for this, but, uh, you know, much of it has to do with how much chaos there is right now in this country, in America, in the United States. Um, might make an episode about that on political ideas and thoughts and uh, you know because you know I think the problem is and I can fall into this trap so, and the, to this trap as well is that the problem is that, that people don't 
understand or don't realize why things are happening politically. And I didn't for the longest time, even when I made some videos. I mean, I understood it in a very basic and general sense. But it's one thing to understand in this way, but it's another thing to actually see this and apply this understanding. It's another thing to, to explain to yourself. I made an episode about that on my online channel, Political Ideas and Thoughts. Um, actually, thinking of changing it to the uh, to mindful politics, because um, it kind of fits more with what I'm going with in the direction I'm going to try and go into. Um, not that there won't be my political opinions as much, but there will be, but uh, because there will be that, but there also be will be uh, why things are happening, um, mind wise rather than politics-wise. Because I think most people are missing a lot of things. Sometimes I miss this too, a lot of times even. Um, so I might go into that as well on an episode of Mindful Politics. Because um, it is one of the problems that I find a lot of times. I might do an episode about that. Um, I was going to do an episode about uh, the three a, a three part method that I kind of developed or created. Um, and, uh, and I might end up doing that eventually, but uh, really, the only really important part is the two part about it, uh, which is observe the thoughts and in some way whatever way has worked for you in the past uh, uh, that helped you distance you set yourself from your thoughts um, you do that after you observe the thought that's you know causing you trouble you, know, you can say this thought is not me that I am not my thoughts emotions circumstances and conditions I am beyond my thoughts emotions circumstances and conditions or I'm, I'm the one watching my thoughts, uh, emotions, circumstances, and connections. Or, to look along these lines, because observation isn't always enough. Um, so I was thinking about doing that episode. That's one insight that I've kind of come to uh, see as well. But overall, I haven't really been practicing a lot of spirituality. Mostly just observing the moment, actually. I might do an episode about that because it's kind of underrated in some ways. Uh, in a lot of ways it isn't, but in many ways it seems to be very underrated. You know, people are like, what, what's, why, why observe the moment? The moment is boring. But, um, but I don't understand what happens when you observe the moment, especially if you observe the moment for an hour or two hours or three hours. It doesn't mean you have to meditate for three hours. It means just observe what is happening right now. Maybe observe your breath. Maybe observe whatever sounds you're hearing. Observe whatever you're smelling. Observe whatever you're feeling, whatever that, if that's emotions or wind on your skin from a fan in your room or something. Um, 
Observe if you have any pain. What does that feel like? I mean, it sounds very boring, but it keeps you from becoming too identified with your mind. I mean, it's still going to happen, but it's not going to be as extreme. Um, at least from what I've noticed when I do it, anyways. So I've been doing a lot that a lot more. Um, and I'm actually going to um, do this probably more often in the future because it is really important. Um, it's one of those things that I underestimated. I mean, I've, I've come across this every once in a while, but then I forget. Uh, and then I come across it again, and mostly I just forget. Um, and that, that happens because we become entangled with our thoughts that are happening. With, your, with, with our ideologies or whatever it is. And so we miss the moment. We miss why the moment is it's actually so amazing. Uh, you know, if you do this for a while, you might notice. Uh, this, uh, you know, Eckhart Tolle talked about this a little bit. You might notice an emanation of joy coming from your being. Um... You know, one mistake people make when it comes to observing uh, is thinking. Um, and what this means is that, say you have, say you, say there is like a plant, right? You're seeing the plant. And so what somebody might think you're meaning when you say observing is actually thinking. That's not what I mean. I'm, I'm talking about actually just looking at it. Without um, trying to put a label on it. Without uh, getting caught up in your thoughts. Just look at it. This takes concentration. But it's not an extreme amount of concentration or anything. Um, but it just does take concentration. It takes a bit of willpower and focus to do this not an extreme amount you know some people tell you oh if you're not completely and utterly focused on what you're watching what you're looking at what you're listening to whatever it is you're breathing uh, into extreme degrees you are not you know you're not you're not going to be present um I find that to be inaccurate. I mean, at first, that is possibly true. Um, but this is why you have to have the power of discernment between observing and thinking. You know, this is one of the problems that people have when they observe something. They think about it. They observe it, and then they think about it, and they say, Oh, yeah, I've seen this before. This is boring. Or this is, this is a dog, or this is whatever. That's not observing. Uh, that's thinking. But they think they're observing. But they're not actually observing. What they're doing is they may be uh, observing for a second or two. Or a couple seconds. And then they think about what they're observing. Uh, there's nothing wrong with this. But you know, it, it can be useful and important. But when you're just trying to observe. Purely observe thinking actually gets in the way of observing. 
Now, if you're trying to observe, like, scientifically minded thinking can be actually useful. In some ways, and it actually can also be uh, detrimental to what you're trying to do, at least at first. Uh, and then you, you know, observe it long enough, and then you can kind of, like, formulate it and analyze it and, and all these things. But uh, it's another subject. Um, but just, just pure observation of what you're doing, what's happening around you, whatever sounds you're hearing, whatever smells you're smelling. Even if, even if you're just, even, even if you uh, think that there's no smell in the room, like say if you're in a house, like if you live in a house, uh, and you have an air conditioning going, or maybe you don't even have an air conditioning going, there's still a small smell in the room. It's not caused, I don't know necessarily what it's caused by, but it's very small, very slight, and you know you can easily miss it because you don't, you th you don't realize that it's there. So smell it. Each room in the house that you live in has a different smell, too. Um, also has a different sort of feel to it, in a sense, like, um, different sort of atmosphere. Some rooms are more comfort, atmosphere-ishness, and some are more serious, uh, and some are, you know, different and some are more like well, party oriented or something um <clears throat> um not saying that this is inherently part of the room or anything but you know this is because you may have memories tied to this room or something so you can observe your thoughts as well but just keep in mind that observing is not thinking thinking gets in a way of observing you know, the reason why observation fails, actually, uh, it's one of the biggest reasons, is because we, 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 we've observed something when we were younger or whatever, you know, like a bird or a sound or whatever, and so we labeled a sound, we labeled it bird, we labeled a sound, whatever it is, and then that's it for the most part afterwards and so that thing becomes deadened to you and so you no longer can observe it or do observe it because you 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 think you already observed it and you think you know you know you think it's boring or you think it doesn't serve you to observe what you know whatever this thing is because you know that you have all this t time I mean you have like no time to observe things that you've already observed. I mean, you've already observed this bird before. Who cares? It's just a bird, right? Um, this type of thing. It's, it's like labeling and thinking about the world deadens the world to you. And what this means is that you've basically normalized reality instead of actually observing it. Um, 
Anthony, uh, I don't know how to pronounce the name, but there, uh, he talks about this in the book. Uh, what was it called? Awareness or something? Um, about how this happens when you you, you, you you have labeled the reality that you see or you've found or whatever, and then you, be, you it becomes deadened to you because it no longer... You know, never longer. <clears throat> Basically, from what I've noticed, is you no longer have a need to observe it anymore because you already observed it. You already know what it is. You labeled it, and so at that point, it becomes boring. It's a very dead life to live. I mean, I'm not saying that you have to like not label anything. Labels can actually be kind of useful. But when they're all that you know about that thing, you are deadened to that thing. Every moment has a beingness to it. Uh, and because we see and we label these moments, we already know we already think we know what these moments are, or you know, because we experience so many mo moments in our lifetime, we basically have said, "Oh yeah, it's just another moment." You know, it's boring unless something f that we think of as fun is happening. But most of the time, you know, it's just what we would consider to be boring, bland moments. But the only reason why they're boring and bland is because we've labeled them. We can, we, we basically uh, live in a thought world. And the thought world, like, deadens reality to us, basically. I like to call it uh, the concept land. Uh, actually, it turns it turns out it wasn't really my term. It was uh, actualife.org uh, used that word. I forget what episode it was, but um, also call it the thought world or the mind reality is also a term that I have used in you know my book, The Powers That Be. I talked about how you are living in a mind reality. Your mind creates most of your reality. It doesn't mean that you're creating physical reality. What it means is that you're creating reality by what you see and what you project onto the world. Okay, so, so give me an example of this, right? Take a bird. Take something as simple as a bird. Very simple. Uh, when you observe a bird, um, but then we project uh, things onto this thing. This is a bird. It's a flying object. It you know chirps. You know it's, it's living in trees. Um, yeah, you know it's a pretty bird. It's an ugly bird. Um, it's. You know, it. You know, you have all these labels and like judgments about the bird. Now, some of these judgments and labels are may be correct, but they're not the the 
territory itself. The map is not the territory in this case as well. So we have taken the labels that we put on reality, that we projected basically onto reality, and called that reality. This is a bird. But that's not actually what reality is. Reality is here. Now, it's happening. Tell me right now, like, if you're sitting on something, whether that, whether that be a chair or a floor, or if you're listening to me on something, whether it be headphones or a phone or whatever it is, does that thing inherently have the label in it? Or is this label projected onto this thing by your mind? You have projected this label, you've created this lab label, or your society has, or whatever. Um, the answer has, you have projected this label. You know, it can be hard to see this. This is why it's so hard to observe the thoughts that are happening in your mind. Because you have taken the thoughts to be reality, representing reality, or reality, or true, or, you know, basically you've taken them seriously. I have this problem too, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that, you know, nobody, or everybody's doing this but me. I have this problem, that's why I'm talking about this, because, you know, I know how this works. That's why I'm just purely observing the reality that you're in, the moments that you're in, is pretty awesome, because you're, you're taking power from the mind. You know, your your mind has all this power because you you listen to it, you believe it, you use it, or at least you think you use it. Um, but more often than not, it's actually using you. Mm hmm. Uh, this is hard to see sometimes because we we believe that we are. Determining what our thoughts are. We can think our own thoughts. And while this can and it is sometimes, maybe even many times true, it's only true sometimes. And not even then, always, right? So, an example of this reverse psychology here I'm going to use. Um, do not think of a pink... I do not think of something round. You're thinking of something round. It's probably going to be like a ball or the earth or something. Um, now, you know, some people say and use this argument to say that free will doesn't exist. I don't think it matters. I don't think it, it matters at all. Because, I mean, 
I mean, the reason why I don't, I, I'm, I once, you know, in, entertain these arguments because, you know, you're like, well, you know, is this true? Is this not true? But the problem with this is that even if it is true or isn't true, if it is or isn't true, what exactly is going to change in your life from knowing this? Are we going to suddenly just say, oh, you know, that person over there, what he did, he couldn't control it, couldn't, you know, because he doesn't have free will. No. No, you're not, you're not going to be doing that. It's not how the mind works. Um, or are you going to be, if you're success-oriented or goal-oriented or whatever, are you going to be saying, oh, since I don't have free will anymore, I just won't set these goals. No, of course not. Oh, probably not. If you if you do, you probably didn't care about the goals anyway. But that's another subject. So, this free will or no free will argument really makes no difference for the most part. I mean, there are some interesting points that both sides kind of make. And I might actually talk about uh, this in a, in a different way because you know it's a lot of in a lot of ways the uh, no free will people have something correct in a sense um, in a lot of senses actually but in this particular sense because uh, often what people people try and do. And you know this can does work, but it brings off up, up an awful amount of resistance and you know other problems. But what they try and do is they try and force a solution. They try and force their way to success in millions of dollars or whatever, and that doesn't really work. So the so the uh, you know what I think is probably better is you know that's what the fighter mentality is about you know um that was a video from actualize.org i believe it was about uh, the victim uh, something about victim mentality but uh, talks about four what he thinks of as four levels of consciousness uh actually in some ways um it, they kind of relate to the four levels or the three levels of control and the one sort of level of non-control or non-level of non-control really because it's not really a level so much as it is a is a just pure you know being or, or whatever you want to call it it's not even really an it uh, so the so the four levels are the victim I'm a victim of my circumstance this creates a very, very weak amount of control over their minds and, you know, their actions and whatnot. Second level is the fighter, which means they, they're basically fighting for control. Like, you see a lot of this with angry people. They're very much the fighter and the victim. I'm the victim. I'm the oppressed one. Um... 
I don't really want to name too many political names here, but you know, you see a lot of this with politics. I might make an actual episode about that in mindful politics, but uh, it's another subject. Um, so the third level is the creator, where you're not fighting it with anger and, you know, all these, you know, resistances that you would normally have it with. You're creating from a place of, like... So an example of the, the creator is the way that I do things for the most part. Um, well, maybe not necessarily even for the most part anymore, but the way it definitely started was I had a vision, had some some really good ideas. Some of them come came from my book. Some of them came from other sources, and I would talk about them. I would explain them. I would give you techniques to work with them. Uh, and because of that, I made a YouTube, you know, bunch of YouTube videos and podcast episodes. That's what a creator would do. A creator makes business or whatever, not be, not by, you know, getting angry and getting annoyed and whatever, and starting a business by, by having a vision, having, you know, an urge or drive to do something and doing it, not with resistance, not with as much resistance in any ways. Not in the same way as anger, anyways. And then the fourth level is... Kind of where, you know, he says that at the fourth level, you you realize you don't really even have that, that control. And that, that is actually true, and the fourth level is true. Um, in a sense, all of these levels are true. They're true for the people who are they're, they're projecting their ideas onto reality. Their truths onto reality, basically. You know, I never really understood that idea for, you know, there was a time where I'm, we, you know, I kept hearing this these phrases like, you create your reality. You can manifest these things into your life. I'm like, that's not really how this works. You, you don't manifest physical things into reality. Um, but in a, some sense, in many senses, they kind of are correct in the sense that you are not manifesting physical things into reality, but you are, you have a mind reality. You're projecting what you your truths onto reality, which makes them seem like reality. That's why. That's why none of this stuff, uh, you know, that you believe in, that even if it's false, you will question because it seems like reality. Because what you've actually done is projected uh, all these ideas onto reality. It's really hard to explain this because you know. We don't really have terms for the ways that we can explain this, but take it for someone who knows this is what we're doing. Um, I made an episode kind of about this. Um, 
indirectly talking, indirectly showing this, um, called how your sub-labels control you, your reality, or something like this. So basically, the, the problem isn't your surface thoughts. Um, it's an example, right? Even a good example. I'm angry because, or no, let me let me go, go even f closer to. Um, I'm trying to think of a really good example of this. China, you know, no, let me even go f even more like. Okay, so say you you have gotten angry because somebody did something that you you know you know you you thought was malicious or something or you know that you thought was really annoying so why did you think it was annoying why did you think it was malicious um you know there's a lot of like you know it's not just about the surface thought you have a thought like, man, this person did this. I can't believe this person did this. And then, you know, whatever it is. But there's a bunch of sub-thoughts there. There's like sub-meanings there. Uh, and this is why what happens, this is why you, be, you, this is one of the reasons why you can become and do become controlled by your thoughts. Because it's not just about the surface thoughts. It's about the sub thoughts I'm angry because he did this but why are you angry because he shouldn't have done this but why why because that is wrong but why is that why why is any of this why do you believe any of this because you think he or they victimized you in some way. Not really victimized in the sense that, oh, I'm a victim of oppression. But see, the, the way the victim thinks is you know, with this like anger and uh, though the fighter has anger as well but the victim has anger and sort of like sadness like he did this to me and the fighter would be like he did this to me I'm gonna show him what this feels like or you know something like this and the creator would probably be something like he did this to me I am going to be you know the better person and show him what um, a person really c could act like and I'm not going to get mad at him because I understand why he's why he did what he did and you know, I'm going to not let this bother me. You know, my emotions, my 
anger can is uh, happen, but I understand why it's happening. I'm not going to let it control me. And I'm going to, you know, talk to him anyways. You know, maybe the, the meetings that, that I gave to this thing aren't actually accurate. You know, you're so the so the so your um, sub labels, your sub thoughts create the um, the reality. It's the things you're unaware of within yourself, um, and you don't really have to become aware of them so much as you do have to just observe the moment. You know, observe your thoughts. Observe your emotions, really. Why are your emotions happening? All these things. Observe the moment, though, really. That's almost, almost easier than doing all that because you're going beyond your thoughts at that point. You're not going to be as entangled by them. I mean, they're still going to happen. And you still can observe them. Uh, but observing the moment, I think, is better because you're not, you know, for the most part, aren't going to uh, be controlled by that as much if you just observe it and try not to think and just don't think about it. Just observe it. So... There's a bunch that I could talk about with this one, but uh, starting to get very long actualized.org videos over here, so I'm going to end it here. This is David Speaks. Uh, this is um, Spiritual Weekly. I think that's what I'm going to start calling this. Particular these particular episodes, um, for a while I was doing like spiritual blogs episodes, but um, the reason why I'm not doing that, I, I might end up doing that again. But the reason why I'm not really doing that is you know because I don't know it sounded sounded too. I don't know what I'm going to call this, actually. I'm, I'm just going to kind of wing it and see what I come up with. Um, because I'm not just going to be talking about spiritual things on this um, this weekly, these weekly episodes. So I'm going to be doing, like, talking about other things, too. Because I have been doing other things. Um, I didn't get a little sidetracked with the thoughts and the sub-thoughts. Um, I definitely could talk about that for a long time. There's a lot of things that you could, um, and I could really go into about this subject, about your sub-thoughts and the sub-labels and things like this. Um, I don't know what I'm going to call it. Weekly thoughts, probably, would be closer because it's what I'm going to be talking about probably for the most part. I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to wing it. I'm going to see what I come up with. So, 
Anyways, this is David Speaks, and I'll talk to you in the next one. Don't point your finger at me. Don't you know it's you why you're suffering? You're why you're suffering. I got my mind set at ease. Don't you know it's you why you're suffering? You're why you're suffering. I got my reasons to live. Don't you know it's